What are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Pop Culture Podcast. How are you all doing this week? I hope you're going well. I'm coming at you from an Airbnb here in Medford in Oregon. I've uh, met, I've struck lucky. I like the background. I think this is cool. It's hard when you travel around the world to different places and you realise that the rooms that you're staying in, the places that you're at, are cooler than any room that you can do at your own house. Because I've got to go back to my own house in a couple of weeks. And I mean, the backgrounds aren't going to have curtains and, and, and I'm not sure what these windows are called behind me, but they look good. It looks official. It looks a little classy. I'm going to be honest, more classy than I need. But nonetheless, I'm happy with it. We're going to roll with it. We've been here now for two nights. We we gave our, we gave our brother-in-law or my brother-in-law and sister-in-law a little break because... My boy, he's gone through a phase of beating the shit out of other kids, and it's really uncomfortable. It's I didn't realize how much pressure there was on us as parents to make sure that our kids' behavior is acceptable. And at the age of two, like there's just not that much acceptable. They, they say that, uh, what is it about two-year-olds? Like the two-year-old tantrums, the two-year-old terrors? I'm not sure. There's a stigma attached to the age that my kid's at, and I feel like he's slipped right into the stereotype of what he's supposed to be acting like and it's disappointing because i mean you can tell them off but they don't really understand words yet my boy can't even say his name yet unfortunately so it seems it seems silly to try and have a civil conversation with him which is the problem i've been facing he'll he'll do something wrong his cousin's name is charlie ray it's a i mean it's a confusing couple of weeks having cousins with the same name but his cousin name's charlie ray and he'll go over and hit her and i'll say listen charlie popplestone come over here to dad and he won't because he doesn't know what that means I say, mate, I love you, but we need to have a talk about the behaviour. Like, there's a number of things that you're doing at the moment, which, uh, you know, I consider highly inappropriate for this environment that we're in. And he he doesn't care. He starts he starts mimicking the hits. I say I say his cousin's name now. I say Charlie Ray. He literally goes like this, because I think he just knows he's going to get a reaction out of it. It's confusing being a parent, man. I had no idea when I was a kid, just how much my poor mum was dealing with when we went out in public. I thought the the only person who had a problem, I remember having hissy fits. I remember cracking it. Now I'll crack it over dumb stuff as well. I think I was a little bit of a sook as a kid. Maybe I was a little bit spoiled. I think I was a little bit spoiled. I was a mummy's boy. I was an only child. I usually got what I want. And if I didn't, I put up a good fight. I tried to play the emotional strings. It's funny how the game gets more complex as you get older as well, don't you think? I remember as a kid, the only weapon that you have is to scream and to hit. That's all you have. And then you start to develop words. And I remember we were going out to my mum's old boyfriend's house and I wanted to take my basketball outfit because I thought I was Michael Jordan. They had a basketball ring. And my mum pulled me aside and she goes, Tice, you're not taking that today. It's it's more of a formal dinner. We're going out there to catch up. And I said, for fuck's sake, mum, it's a bit of basketball. I was five. And I remembered as soon as I said it, I'd chosen the wrong words to say because mum went to the kitchen, which I knew she meant she was getting the uh, she was getting the wooden spoon. So me and mum, we were having a chasing match around the house. People often ask me how I got into distance running. It's because mum used to chase me with a wooden spoon. I thought, fuck that. If this bitch catches me, I'm in so much trouble. She always caught me, but I didn't go down without a fight. I didn't go down without a fight. But it's hard. I don't want to smack my kid, really. I've, I've resorted to the flick, but that's just so my brother and sister-in-law know that I'm trying hard to show them that we care that my boy's hitting. Problem is, as well, he's got good technique because you're not supposed to hit, but then when I see him punch, I go, man, something about that looks natural. 
It's almost as though we're witnessing a young Djokovic, a young Mike Tyson, I should say, in the boxing scene, find his form. He's quick, he's accurate, it's, a, it's incredible. And I find that the hardest thing to navigate when you've got you've to punish someone, but you're also proud of them. That's the hardest part of being a dad. It's different with girls as well, because uh, Charlie Boy, can, like, he tries to hit Charlie Ray, his cousin. And you can't hit girls, you're not supposed to. It's frowned upon, do you know what I mean? In some cultures, I think it's acceptable, but I mean, in, in the, the area that we're in right now, I've never seen someone see a boy hit a girl and go, hey, you know what, that was the right decision. But it's different with boys. I had a, I had a friend of mine, Jolie, who's just moved back to Norway, came to our house with his three-year-old kid the other day, and, and Charlie would hit his boy, and his boy, Jake, would, would not take it. He was bigger, he was stronger, and he would just punch Charlie in the side of the head. Charlie would, he would cry. He would fall down, he'd come to me for a cuddle, then he'd go back and go back for a bit more. It was as though he was just trying to take tips on how to, just how to navigate this world of boxing, this world of physical combat. Boys are deceptive too, they're a little bit sneaky. I remember Jake one day, like all of us parents were sitting there and we said, look, let's not punish because they're both hitting each other. Just whatever happens, happens. It's, we'll just call it fair play. And I remember seeing Jake, who was, as I said, he was a couple of years older than Charlie, the parents looked away. I was the only one watching him. He pushed Charlie down on the ground, kicked him in the head, and I clapped. I'm the kind of parent that claps if my kid gets kicked in the head because I feel like every now and then it's bad for a parent to whack a child in 2022, but if a three-year-old kicks the shit out of your son because he doesn't like what your son's done, what a valuable lesson. You've got to be careful joking about stuff like that, though. I put up a reel on Instagram last week thinking I was funny. It was funny. I stand by it, actually about me teaching Charlie at the swimming pool how to not splash and just threaten him with a consequence of drowning. And I thought, hey, that's a very funny post. No one will take that the wrong way. And I posted it, and the first comment was, what a fuckhead father. And I thought, okay, <laughs> that wasn't quite the response I was going for. Another lady chimed in. She goes, hey, if you're trying to teach your children discipline at the pool, don't threaten them with drowning. Take them out of the pool. Thought this bit. What does she know? What, a, what does this bitch know? She knows clearly. She doesn't have kids. Surely drowning is going to be more effective. I mean, it'd be more effective long term if you're committed to it. But the truth is, you would also be in jail for because that's manslaughter. Even if you're frustrated, even if you're feeling impatient, and that's the problem. I I would say that I'm not the most patient person, but I'm not super impatient. I think one of the problems with kids is I I don't like whining. I can't handle whining. And I think in two-year-old territory, there's just there's just a lot of wine. You know what I mean? Not the kind of wine that my wife my wife likes. It's the kind of wine that you know, it just sort of it just gently zaps your spirit. <laughs> I'm trying to use it as an opportunity to grow, but every now and then I, I feel myself clenching my fist. I go, Tice, he's two. You can't box a kid. You're not allowed to box a kid. It doesn't matter if he's acting like a demon. You get into those little conversations in your head where you're like, you know what? I reckon I could justify it. I'd just give him a little tiny shake. If I just shook him a tiny bit, he would understand. But then, you, you know, people who are really committed to the cause, they overcommit to the shake and things just get messy. The, the brain starts to bleed and it's just, it's not a good look for anyone, to be fair. I understand I'm bringing a lot of child abuse jokes to you the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's safe, he's happy, we've got a good relationship. Uh, any abuse is mild. I just the, the most I'd go is a flick to the back of the head. Do you know, and that's not even when he's naughty. That's just to show him who's boss. 
So anyone out there who's who's actually a little bit anxious or uptight about what I'm speaking about, just understand that the most Charlie will ever cop is a flick to the back of the head and maybe a jab just just to the rib, just to, just to confirm that I'm the boss of this house. You know what I mean? You can't have a two-year-old roaming around the place like he owns it, especially with my physical strength. He can't even comprehend an arm wrestle, let alone beat me in one yet. So he's got a little bit of work to do before we get there. But it's been nice, I tell you. It's a cool place that we're at. Some people, the Airbnb scene's an interesting scene as well because I think, uh, first of all, it baffles me that it even works. I didn't think I didn't think people were as trusting in other people as what Airbnb requires them to be. Yet here we are, staying in. In fairness, the house that we're staying in right now is friends of friends, and the only reason we're allowed to stay here is because. Uh, just the other day they did some insect spray under the house and apparently they can't book it out this week because too many insects crawl through the floorboards and it's just not an ideal look. If you're trying to get a good review on Airbnb, you don't want you don't want bugs coming through the floor because that always I don't I don't think there's ever been a person that uh, when you've asked them about what they enjoyed about their Airbnb said I really I really liked the uh, the silverfish. I'm not sure what you call silverfish in America. There's so many words in America, like chickpeas is uh, gabonza beans. A yabby is a... I learned this one yesterday. A yabby's got a different name. I'll think of that one soon. But yabbies are, yabbies are called something else over here. It's confusing. But yeah, Airbnb, it really trips me out. Like, I, I haven't read too much into it, but surely there's been some horror stories. I remember in 2015, we went and stayed in an Airbnb in Noosa, and we confused the dates that we were supposed to be there. So the guy got home and we were down at the beach, but our shit was everywhere. And I mean, there was four of us. It was There was no kids involved. But as four grown adults, uh, we did a really good job of just making that place a mess. And I'll never forget, it, Terry, I think his name was, called Jesse and said, Jesse, your stuff's still here. She goes, oh, I thought, I thought we had another night. He was lovely. He was lovely to our face. That was the... The problem, he goes, look, if you guys pay me for another night, you're welcome to stay here. Just just clean up the stuff and, hey, we'll call it evens. We said, are you sure, man? Like, we're happy to clean up now and get out of here. He goes, no, just pay me the money and get out of here. I said, well, I guess that's a bargain for him. If he's happy to have us here, he makes an extra few hundred bucks for the night. We've got a place to sleep. We'll clean up in the morning. And then it came to the Airbnb review where you got to tell the people how, like, you've got to review the place you stayed at. They've got to review the stayee. And so we got on there and said, hey, it's very understanding. Thanks so much for your understanding. What a what an incredible location. Beautiful man, beautiful scenery. Uh, enter, submit. A, a day later, we got his review saying, these guys overstayed their welcome. I was gracious enough to let them stay another night. They had a mess everywhere. I go, okay, well, it's this is a very frustrating situation to find ourselves in because I think it's limited on the amount of replies that we're allowed to give because otherwise it would have just talked, turned into like a Facebook a Facebook status feed where you're going back and forth arguing about, you know, who was in the right and who was in the wrong. But I can't stand it. Just tell me. If, you, if you're frustrated at me, just tell me. Just let me know. I want us to be on the same page. I want us to get together well. That's kind of why I respect the guy on Instagram who called me a fuckhead father because at least he's been up front. It doesn't matter that his page is full of French bulldog faces. Literally, I thought I had a good comeback because he goes, what a fuckhead father. I said, stop flirting with me. And then I looked at his page and, and literally every photo was a French bulldog. I thought, it's amazing that this French bulldog takes so many selfies because their paws, they're not that malleable. Like, how do you get the, you can't hold, you can't hold the phone, you know? It's not, it's a, that's not funny, is it? I can't believe I've just said that out loud. But I thought that was funny. I said, oh, yeah, you know, it's never going to work out between us because I just looked at your page and realized you're a French bulldog. 
he didn't find that funny. He just messaged me back and he goes, you're not very intelligent, are you? I thought, well, how do you not take that personally? Because you don't, you don't want him to know that, you know, you're the second most intelligent person in your marriage, second best looking person in your marriage. I thought, well, you don't know me, but it's hard not to take that personally. You're not very intelligent. I go, have I spelled everything right? <laughs> he wrote two comments as well, which means you know he was he was thinking about it. I don't know what the gap between responses were, but he wrote, wow, ta, was his first one. I thought that wasn't strong. And then he'd obviously thought about what he had said, and he came back and said, wow, you're not very intelligent, are you? I thought, well, the very fact that it took you 20 minutes to come back with that second response suggests to me that, that maybe we share that lack of intelligence because n neither of your responses were, were super great. I respect your consistency. I respect your effort. That's that's what I love about Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook is if you're in a real fight, like face-to-face, -face, a verbal fight, you can't pause for 35 seconds and go, all right, if I, I'll put that word there, I'll copy and paste that line, I'll put that at the top of the sentence, I'll get a, re a friend to reread it so it's a real zinger. I just want to make sure that there's absolutely nothing they can say back to this. It's, you've got that you've got that added advantage on Facebook. So if there's one place where I want to seem I am intelligent in an argument, it's on social media. Because truth is, if I'm if I'm putting a bit of thought into it, it should come across more intelligent. You don't have that beauty in real life. In real life, you just you say stuff and then you regret it, and then you think of all your self edit on the way home, don't you? Think about all the stuff you should have said that you didn't. And then wonder if it's too inappropriate to call the person back and go, actually, I've been having to think about what you said. And don't tell me your thoughts for a minute, because I know you've been having the same conversation in your head, but but bang, <laughs> and just drop a real zinger on them. I'm not sure why I'm saying zinger so much today. It just uh, it seems like the appropriate word for for the setting that I find myself. But it's been a good uh, it's been a good couple of days. We uh, I think last week I told you guys we were getting ready to go on that that river float. A river float. I, it's interesting the the images that you make in your head, isn't it, compared to what the reality of something is? Because for for years, my brother-in-law Sam has been saying, "Tice, when you come to the states, me and you're going to go on a river float." And I thought, "Hey, that, that sounds great." Like a river float to me in Australia, we have a, a blown-out tube of a tire, and you can just float down the river. It's very relaxing. It's very fun. Very refreshing in the in the hot weather, which it is over here. We've been copping in America. It's a hundred degrees Celsius. Fahrenheit, sorry, 100 degrees Celsius, I'd be a fried chicken. Uh, I don't think you would be. I think it'd take a while to fry chicken at that temperature. But about 40 degrees, I think the other day was 42 degrees. And, and we were floating down this river, but we got there and he had he had a, a proper raft. Uh, the, per, the other person that we were going with had like a blow-up pontoon with seats and we had fishing rods and music. It was, honestly, it was far more sophisticated and far more work to get prepared for than what I'd anticipated. I can't stand that stuff. If there's one area that I don't want to be spending my time on, it's, I've told you this before, I don't want to be tying knots. I don't want to be packing trailers. I don't want to be thinking about what food to pack and what not to pack and what clothes I'll need. I just, I just want to go. And as a result, I'm always usually left hungry with boats falling off trailers not warm enough with wet jocks because I forgot to pack another pair. But this trip was good. I thought it was going to be super cruisy. So we were just going to go down. The, the original goal was we were going to go 30 miles down the, it's called the Umquat. It's a really warm river up here. But uh, we got into a couple of rapids along the way. It turns out Sammy's raft it, it had an incredible capacity to, to submerge. I, I made a bitch of myself, I'm going to be honest. There was 
One, one time we went down the very first rapid and so much water came into the boat over the front that it looked like the boat was going to sink. And I thought, well, I'm not sitting in here on a sinking boat like it's the Titanic. So while Sammy was asking me to help him get water out, I, I thought, no, get stuff. What I'll do instead is I'll jump out, I'll swim over to this little island and I'll sit here until you sort it out. Next thing I knew, he was getting sucked down the rapid, just holding on to his, his raft, which was, I mean, it was it was clearly submerged. It was going through a really difficult patch in its, in its very short career. But it was very funny. It was all on tape. It was so embarrassing. But then more than that, uh, a couple of a couple of hours later, after Thomas, so that's Sam's brother-in-law, had filmed us and laughed at us. He rolled his pontoon and, as a result, lost the paddle, which meant rather than us going 30 miles down the river, we'd, we'd gone, I think it was about four miles, and we just set up camp under the stars, and we thought, all right, well, I guess we'll just stay here because he's not getting anywhere quick. You can't, you can't row without an oar. That's why they call it an oar, I realised. Because when his boat flipped and he lost it, he goes, Aww! <laughs> that's, that's so shit. That is a shittest joke. It was shit when I made it the first time. It was shit when I made it to you. I quietly like it, but I'm just saying it's shit in case you thought it was bad. I don't want you to lose respect for me based on, on that joke. But, man, it's weird. We were, we were gone. You, you see some stuff. Even in that four miles that we were on the river... We saw we saw a bald eagle, cool, a raccoon, cool, couple of birds. Meh. Uh, I was I was on the hunt for I was on the hunt for bears. We didn't see any bears, but we're going through. Uh, we were fishing in certain sections, and we got to one part which a local called the Honey Pot for catching bass, and we had our fishing lines in there, and and we were looking for a place along the shore that we might be able to sleep for the night, and. Like a lot of it's public land and a lot of it's, uh, and, and then there's more land, which is sort of, did I say a lot of it's private land is what I meant. And then there's a lot of public land, but you just got to find the difference. So we were going through this little honey patch of, of where all the fish are. And we saw on the side of, of this this still bit of water, there was some nice land, it looked flat. Um, we, were, we had hammocks, but we also had a mattress that we were hoping to sleep on, just depending on what the terrain was like. So Thomas, he got out of the boat, went over, scouted it, got back in. He said, hey, it looks too well maintained. I think it's private. Nah, maybe we should just keep moving. We were all getting tired. It was about 7, 7.30 at this time. We'd, you know, we'd rolled the raft once. This was before the second roll, actually, before Tommy rolled his and lost his oar. He got back in the boat, and then five minutes later, this guy flew down on his motorbike. And from a distance, he, uh, I mean, you could tell pretty quickly that he looked like he had been through some stuff. You could tell... Without looking too closely, he had he had those tattoos on the legs that suggest these aren't professionally done. We've got a we've got a tattoo gun at home, and my my cousin's been learning how to tattoo. You know what those kind of people look like? You've got a snake which looks like a giant worm. You've got a bird that just you know it's the way a kid draws a bird, just with like a it almost looks like that McDonald's M. And he yelled out to us. He's like, "Hey, how you guys going? You catching some fish?" And like we could half hear him, and but not well enough. We thought, oh, I sort of want to keep our distance. But he kept trying to talk to us, and, and we kept going, like, we can't hear him. Like, we just look rude. So we went back over. Turns out this land was his. We went over. We are 10 metres away, sitting in our canoe, just like little ducks. And he heard my accent and started going on about how, uh, you know, much of a bunch of bitches Australia's, Australians are for letting him take their guns. I was like, I, I've heard that quite a few times. I'm sorry. I was nine years old when it happened. I couldn't fight for it. Um he goes, yeah, they're gradually taking us over. And it became pretty clear pretty quick. This guy was off his tits. He was very drunk. And uh, I was thinking, oh, no, like as long as he doesn't have weapons on him. Then he started going, I'm a freedom-loving American. No joke. This is a true story. I know it sounds like I'm making up 
just I'm tapping into the stereotype of what like a country American is like. But this is this is what happened. He's like, I'm a freedom, I'm a freedom loving American. No one's ever gonna take my guns. And he lifted up his shirt. He had the biggest pistol just tucked into the front of his jocks I'd ever seen. And it always makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable for two reasons. Firstly, because uh, a, a lot of these pistols are loaded. I didn't want that one to go off in front of me and, and see his testicle get blown off. But also, we're sitting in a kayak with an oar reach with a maximum speed of, I'm going to guess, about a mile an hour. If he decided that he was frustrated, he could have taken his frustration out on us really quickly. And, and he was in no stable mental condition to be holding a gun tucked into his willy. Uh, and and to be fair, he had he was nice enough, but he had that personality where on the spectrum, do you know? So here's the spectrum, and here's like a decent human being who's friendly, and here's a complete psychopath who's got no issue shooting someone in a kayak. Uh, he was he was right in the middle, just here. So I was I, he said a few things I disagreed with, but I wasn't going to tell him because I thought you know it's it's not worth my life. It doesn't matter how hard I paddle. Say that bullet's got six guns in. He's it, I'm going to be four meters further away. Not even four. Sam and I would be dead. We're in a double kayak before we had a chance to think about it. And so we gradually, we just subtly tried to end that conversation. Nice to meet you, man. Like really, really good talking to you. Thanks for the chat. Everything you said was great. And uh, and we just paddled on by. Then we got out. We, we spent... Uh, we spent two nights just sleeping. So it was all these rugged rocks. And at the back of these rugged rocks, there was there was just this one flat spot with uh, like a whole heap of soft sand. So so we put our mattresses there. I was shitting myself. I was trying to play it cool, but like at the best of times, I I freak out when I'm like if I'm in the wilderness at dark and there's no one else around, I start thinking, crap, am I having a heart attack? Because your mind starts playing tricks on you, and it goes, oh, if you had a heart attack now, there's no one here to come and save you. And I was like, oh no. And then I start thinking, oh, am I having breathing difficulties? Maybe I'm having an asthma attack. Then I start, okay, Tyson, you're just a pussy. You're about to have a panic attack if you're not careful. Just get yourself together. And we're sitting there. It's uh, 11 o'clock now. And across the other side of the river, we see this head torch. And I'm like, oh, because there's supposed to be no one around. And if, you, if there's supposed to be no one around, it's one of those ones where you don't want anyone to be around. You know, because if you see someone out there who's around, you go, well, this guy's up to mischief. He's not camping. He's just gone for a walk through the woods by himself in the middle of the night. We're in America. 100% has it. he has a gun. But we saw that, and, and thank God we, we switched our lights off and just let that person float on. But we switched off our lights, which doesn't make sense because we had a fire going. So, I mean, have a think about it, boys. If you've got a fire going, that's going to give away a signal that you're there. But we turned off our headlamps is, is what I was trying to say. And so amongst all this, we're shitting ourselves. I'm shitting myself. The other boys are fine. I think they sensed a little bit of my anxiety because they said, hey, let's let's listen to this podcast about Sasquatches being found in, in this environment. Because apparently uh, the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, has had so many Sasquatch sightings over the years that, uh, you know, reasonable people have started to believe that these things are actually real. And uh, just the just the inability to have actually laid eyes on one and know whether people are crazy or whether they're telling the truth is enough to scare me. And the fact you can look out into the wilderness and go, uh, like maybe there are some Sasquatches up there is scary enough to me. And so I said, boys, I'm just going to go to bed. So we're laying in there. And it was one of those ones where, do you ever do that thing where when you're really scared or you feel like something might attack you, you pull the sheets or they pull the doona up over your head and all of a sudden you feel so much safer? It's so ridiculous. 
It's so ridiculous. Like there was no bears out there. Apparently, I don't know. I think it's grizzly bears that are the most dangerous. Black bears. I, I could have this wrong. Black bears from bears, from what I understand, aren't as dangerous as the grizzlies. But but any bear in my territories is not something I'm overly comfortable with. And I didn't want to do the dishes. We just had dinner, and and then the boys. It's the ultimate. So we had different roles. The Essentially, we were on an episode of Survivor. We were delegating different roles. My role was just the dishes. I said, hey, fellas, we're out here just as a couple of blokes having a little bit of fun. How about I just go down, I'll soak them, and I'll do the dishes tomorrow. They go, hey, yeah, fine. But just understand that if there are any bears in this area, they're obviously attracted to food. They want any food they can find. I said, you know what? What we'll do is I'll just do all the dishes tonight. I might even just pack our food away and throw it in the river and just see... See if that's okay. Do we really need food the next couple of days? Because this is what I don't understand. If food is so appealing to a bear, why is it that we're allowed out there? Because surely to a bear who's angry, three blokes out there just look like three sausage rolls. It's just that's what it, it's funny to me when we try and distinguish between the food that we eat and the fact that we are food to a bear if it wants us to be that. So like, if if people start making that case to me, hey Tice, you know what? Put the food away. I go, all right, I'm out because I am food. You haven't spent enough time in the wilderness to understand this. To a bear, I look like a rissole. He doesn't care about the fried rice. That's for us. Let's go. They go, no, no, it's only food food. I go, mate, all right, you're thinking of the food court style food. We are a food court style food. We look like a sushi roll to a bear when it's hungry. I don't know how to admit it to these boys, but I get terrified in swooping season in Australia. When those magpies start coming down to protect their babies, I am terrified. I've never been so ashamed to be seen running down a street just waving my arm above my head because a, a magpie, which is a lot smaller than a chicken, is swooping me to protect its But You think I'm that scared of a magpie? You don't think I'm going to be scared of a bear protecting its cup? Get me out of here. Why am I out here? Who wanted to come out and camp in the wilderness? We are food. A magpie is going to take a strand of hair. A bear is going to take an arm and a leg and maybe my kidney. I don't know what they eat, but that I feel like if I was a bear, that would be a, a, a you know pretty substantial meal. And so anyway, Sam slept there with a pistol next to his head, not in like a he's stressed and he's going to end it in a moment way. He's just a pistol next to his head in case a bear comes down. And I saw how jumpy these boys were. They do the trip every every year. And we're all sleeping in pretty coat. We were sort of quite close. We were packed in there together because, not because we were all terrified, just because it was cosy. Do you know, we've got wives. It's, it's fine to do stuff like that if you've got a wife. It's if you're single and you start spooning other men, it's... It's controversial, and I had a life jacket as a pillow. No joke. That's just the way we were doing it. It was the rough. It was the roughest adventure I've ever been on. I slept very well, though. Considering how scared I was, slept very well. Uh, I knew how jumpy we were, though, because I went to get my uh, I went to get my life jacket throughout the night just to a, just to adjust what was going on a little bit, just to give me a little bit more comfort. And as I reached for it, I grabbed Thomas. Uh, Tom's sleeping bag and, and pulled it. I've never seen a man jump so high. I thought, Tom, what were you scared of then? He goes, I just thought it was a wild animal. I said, get me out of here. You shouldn't do this to yourself. I understand that we're men. We like a challenge. Let's go for a difficult run. How's that for a challenge? Anyway, we uh, we got picked up on the, I think we got picked up on the Sunday. We left on the Friday. So two nights, three days. 
as we're going down the river, we're going slowly because we only had what we thought was like a few hundred meters to get to the camp point or to the pickup point where my wife was going to be picking us up. I knew she had she had Charlie Boy in the back of the car, so I knew she wasn't going to be wanting to drive around forever. It was about an hour and a half to come and get us. And then just before we got to where we were supposed to be getting picked up, or so we thought, we saw a rope swing. We thought, okay, there was a few people over there on the rope swing. We got over there, and these were these were your classic rednecks. Like a classic straight out of a movie redneck. I didn't realize this at the time. I thought they just had some southern accent. So halfway through the conversation, I said to him, I was like, hey, uh, mate, like, what was his name? His name was Ty and there was Dorian. Classic sign that, uh, you know, as a bloke called Tyson, I've got to be careful not to, not to give that name a hard time. But Dorian, I mean, he's been through some stuff. But about halfway uh, through speaking to these guys, I like, go, hey, you've, you've got a really strong accent. Where's that from? It's like, dude, I'm, I'm redneck of fight. I've been hanging around with a couple of rednecks in my time. It was, have you seen Ozark? It was like Ruth from Ozark. That's what it sounded like. But half an hour before we were supposed to get picked up, we said, guys, we've got to go. We're getting picked up at this point in 30 minutes. And, and their faces just went blank. They go, you're not getting, what do you mean? How are you, are you driving in a race car? I said, no, what do you, they said, dude, that's at least five hours on the raft. I said, don't tell me that because my wife doesn't have phone reception. Got the little boy in the car. This is our only option to get around. They, and then all of a sudden, these little rednecks, they went, into, they went into a phase of mind that gave me the greatest respect for every redneck on the planet. They, they went into, we, we're going to make this work for you. We're helping you. No matter how we get you to where you need to be, you're getting to where you need to be. So they said, look, we'll try and find her. She didn't have service. Uh, they were racing around in their cars trying to find us. Long story short, they found out where we needed to be. It turned out to be five minutes in car, though it was five hours on a raft. We found Jessie. She brought us back. They offered us weed and cigarettes and beers as a thank you. We just said, hey, how about we just, get, how about we just have a cuddle? Because I'm not convinced it's only weed in those cigarettes. But I took a photo with these guys and posted it on my Instagram. Have a look. I, I don't... No, it might have been my second most recent photo, the time I'm doing this. There's like a fire as the first photo. And then if you scroll across, it's the last photo, guy with a beard. My mum looked at that photo and she called me. She goes, have you been hanging out with rednecks? I said, mum, more than that, I'm going to become a redneck. Because I've, I've just got such a new respect for these guys. Rednecks. I don't know why they're called red. What is a redneck? Is it just because they're in the sun all day? That's what these guys were doing. They were doing a rope swing at the age of 30. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I was also doing the rope swing, but it's just that they were telling me they spend each of their weekends out there on these rope swings. I thought it's an interesting decision. Like with all the things that you could be doing in your time, this is this is what you want to do. I met one at Ty's girlfriend, lovely or wife actually. She told me she's from North Dakota. I said, "What do you do in North Dakota? Is there much to do?" She goes, "Drink." I go, <laughs> "That's funny, yeah." But like, what do you what do you guys really do out there? She goes, "I'm not kidding, sir." In North Dakota, all you can do is drink. I was like, how long were you there for? She goes, eight years. I go, so you drank for eight years straight? She goes, yes, sir. I go, that can't be good for your health. She goes, it wasn't good for my health in any way. But when you got no other options, a lady got a drink. I was like, could you go for a walk? She's like, uh-uh. I go, why? She's like, because there's, so there's too much to drink. I was like, all right. So we're simple problem solving hasn't hasn't really come out to shine just here. I said, were there other people you could just go and catch up with? And she goes, yeah, if you wanted to drink with them. You want to get shit-faced? It's more fun with people. Am I right, honey? And he goes, yeah, honey, you're right. Damn right you're right. My baby's never wrong. She goes, you know me, honey. 
He climbed up, does a backflip. No joke, climbed up the tree. Uh, he did a backflip off uh, a branch. It would have been 10 meters high, 30 feet. Um, had a really rickety uh, ladder up the tree as well. It just had planks of wood hammered in with three nails, and every time he stepped, the wood would just sway from side to side. And I said, Ty, like, don't feel like you have to do this for me, mate. Like, I know I said I want to see you do the rope swing, but I'm, I'm more concerned about your safety because if you jumped forward, you hit the river. If you fell backwards, you, you were flat onto rocks. I said, are you sure it's safe? And no joke, he goes, it's redneck certified. I was like, I don't think that's a real certification. It's not a real certification. But he survived. And these guys, they were, man, they were running around like crazy because we were about a probably 400 metres from the road. We had our rafts. We had so much stuff. It was heavy. These guys just absolutely clicked into gear. I thought, you're a better person than me. I I don't want to say it's become one of my biggest goals in life to become a redneck, but to to develop that redneck attitude, I thought, all right, you're, you're here for your people. Do you know? I'm not sure if it was something in the cigarettes, if it was something in the alcohol they were drinking, but they were very, very generous, more generous than I'd ever been to anyone. Americans in general, I'm telling you, they're nice here. Australians love to love to play this game that we're the really friendly ones. Truth is, nah, compared to Americans, we're we're a bunch of bitches, and we're also not as friendly. Is my personal opinion, I think. And it comes down to, in my mind, you, you've got to be nice to Americans because they've got the right to carry a gun. That's genuinely what I think. I reckon in America, if you've got the decision to be nice to someone or be mean to someone, just choose nice. If they've got a pistol in their pocket and you've got Taekwondo, good luck to you. Just just give them a smile and a high five and and just keep moving along. But we're going to a we're going to a fair tonight, going to the county fair here in Jacksonville. Jacksonville in I'm not sure if it's Jacksonville in Medford. Jacksonville in the Rogue Valley. The Rogue Valley is just surrounded by mountains. What I like about this place, like we're we're legitimately in a valley. Completely surrounded by mountains. You can see the perimeter of the valley that we're the valley that we're in it's it's quite it's quite crazy it's a really cool part of the world but there's a lot going on here still like uh, i've found i think there's 15 different stand-up comedy rooms i'm thinking on thursday i'm going to go down to the burger joint i'm going to go down to the burger joint tell some funny jokes the burger joint it's uh, i haven't been there yet but it's pro- apparently got a good reputation in the open mic scene that'll be good but tonight we're, we're going to the to the county fair and you'll never guess, it's so funny, guess who's playing there? So we're at the county fair, Nelly. It's getting hot in here, so hot. Take off all your clothes, I'm getting so hot. I'm going to take your clothes off. Do you remember that from like, with a little bit of, <laughs> sorry ladies. Probably in the car with your boyfriend, getting all, getting all hot and sweaty. Hearing old Popplestone do his Nelly impersonation, it never fails. But we're speaking yesterday. How funny is it? In, uh, it must have been 2001, do you think? Nelly was at the top of his game with that song. Like, he, w- he would have been at the top of the charts, surely. Look, how, how far has his career slipped that now he's going to be at the Jackson- Jacksonville County Fair? Happens to everyone, though. You're, like, you don't, you don't remain in first place forever, do you? Bob Dylan says it best. The, the slow one now will later be fast. The winner now will later be last. Not in that order. Do you know what I mean? But he says it somewhere in his 
in his times or a change in song. And it's true. Old Nelly, I wonder if you said to him in 21 years, uh, 21 years ago, hey, Nell. Go, yeah, honey. He goes, did you know in 21 years' time you'll be playing at the Jacksonville County Fair where I'm taking my kids to get fairy floss and ice cream? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to imagine. Like whenever I think of a Beyonce or whenever I think of like a, just like a really big celebrity, Justin Bieber, you go, all right, they have that platform forever now. But it's, I mean, it does disappear eventually if you, sort of. Like I know Muhammad Ali's dead and he has been for a long time now and he's, he's, his peak fighting years were sort of, what was it? Was it the was it late sixties, early seventies for Ali? I think it was, but he's still got like a, a bit of a title. Nothing's really changed too much with him, apart from you know, <laughs> that's I'm not laughing at the fact he's dead. But I feel like that's the biggest change in his life is the fact that he he no longer has it, as we know it. I'm not here to tell you heaven's not real. Who knows what he's doing right now? Could be in that Muslim heaven. I'm not sure. This is the this is the thing with religion is is people get so adamant that the one they believe in is right. I've never met someone who believes in a religion who's like, ah, oh, I'm not convinced I've got the right one. But I'm just gonna give it I'm just gonna give it a crack. Cause like what else are we gonna do? You've gotta back it. It's like your football team. You've got to back your football team because otherwise what's the point of cheering? If you just feel that every game they're gonna lose, then you may as well be a bombers supporter. It's just, <laughs> it does, that's such a smart-ass comment for me to make based on the fact that uh, Carlton's having one good season in the last 25 years, and now that we've won more than five games, I go, you know what, look at these Bomber supporters. What a bunch of bitches. But isn't that true? Have you noticed that? Like, I, I would love to see someone in their religion go, you know what, I'm not 100% sure I got this right, but I'm doing my very best with the religion that I got. I'm seeing the right things. I'm praying the right things. Lord Jesus, let me in if I got the wrong thing. Do you know what I mean, sir? That's what I want to say. I just want to, like, if I get to heaven and I've, I've, you know, I'm a Christian. If I get to heaven, I've been doing the Christian stuff and it's actually the Muslim God there. I go, mate, honestly, I was doing the best I could with what I had. I didn't, like, people, even even people on earth said I wasn't that intelligent. Like, you can't, you can't expect me to comprehend, like, the full complexities of the earth and under, like, in fairness, surely this is on you a little bit more. Because people say, people always say God reveals himself, but people in every religion say that. They say, if you just open yourself up to it, the truth will be revealed to you. And some people do that, they become Muslim. Some people do that, they become Jewish. Some people do it, they become atheists. Some people do that. I don't know, what else could happen to you? There's a lot of things. Just a little bit of honesty would be so convenient, don't you think? Just, Just tell me. God told me a funny Christian joke last night. He said Jesus was sitting around a campfire with his disciples. And he said, hey, in a couple of days I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die, but I'll be resurrected. And Peter goes, no way. And Jesus goes, Yahweh. It's a good little Christian joke for you out there. If, you're not, if you don't get that one, just Yahweh is like the ultimate term of endearment. I think that's, I think that's the Hebrew name for, for all-powerful God. It's a shit. I should never have shared that joke because I respect you guys too much to bring to bring jokes like that to you each week. But uh, but nonetheless, nonetheless, I've just done it. I've, I've I've put us there again. I think the hardest part about coming back to Australia is going to be that I'm not going to be able to rock around in a in a jeep. We've been we've been riding in style the last couple of weeks. We've been rocking this little jeep little blue jeep from 1997 and man let me bring that back to point lonsdale and turn some heads that's a that's an impressive jeep i'm going to be honest 
go back to my little Mazda CX-5. Oh, I forgot. We actually, we got that car just before. I got a new little car back home, but it's more of a family car. The, the Jeep's more of a, look at me, I'm probably going surfing kind of a look. And you've got that mutual respect in Jeep owners. I've been driving around in this Jeep, uh, focused honestly on uh, remembering how to drive a manual car again. And so many times a Jeep will pull up next to me and there's this mutual respect where Jeep owners will just, they'll give each other a wave, like give each other a thumbs up, whatever it is. And, and, and so many times at the traffic lights, I'll go to give a Jeep owner a wave and then I'll stall the car. And then you feel like the moment's gone a little bit because you're like, you, you had this mutual respect for each other based on the fact that you, you both appreciate the, the same kind of vehicle. And then one of the guys has shown the respect by treating the car in the way that it deserves to be treated. And me, I've, I've stalled and held up traffic and, you know, it just takes away from the emotion. It's like reading a beautiful, beautiful poem and accidentally doing a fart halfway through. It's like, oh, it's still a beautiful poem, but you've... Now everyone's just thinking about the fact you did a little, just, you did a little fart. That's all I can think about. And it, just, it takes away from the moment, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm looking forward to going to that fair tonight. Apparently there's another band there called Camp with a K. Camp with a K. Which I'm not a fan of the, the misspelling of the word. Another another guy recommended to me last night. I'm going to write this down before I forget it. He recommended I listen to a band called Fish with a P-H. P-H-Y-S-H. Apparently that's pretty good as well. But the, misspe the misspelled words throws me off a little bit. But I'll keep you posted on that. We're going to see Nate Bargates Nate Bargatze, Nate Bargatze, on Sunday as well, the American comedian, he's a funny dude, so that should be a little bit of fun. You know what hasn't been fun? The last the last two weeks, our bank account got frozen. We didn't do anything. Well, I feel so sorry for my wife. Like, she's done, she's, she's organized everything for this trip. She's done all the paperwork. She's organized the passport. She's organized, she's organized everything. She organized the exemption letters for us to be able to travel. Without the, without the old vax, which amazingly is not controversial where we are. I bring it up every now and then. People say, uh, how's the vaccine situation in Australia? I go, man, I'm the only person I know who didn't get it. They're like, wait, what? What do you mean? Over here, it's it's like even lovely people don't have the vaccine here. It's not just assholes. It's, it's, like, it's like lovely grandmas who are like, oh, yeah, I just don't really want it yet. And people are like, okay, that's fair enough. In Australia, you go, I don't want the vaccine. Everyone else goes, fuck you, you cockhead. <laughs> you absolute piece of shit. Don't you care about your grandmother? I do care about my grandmother, but she hasn't got it either. Oh, what a bitch. I don't care about her anymore. I hope she dies. The stupid old tart. Got COVID in her wrinkly old asshole. What a bitch. It's been very funny out here. It's still a passionate thing. And the old, I'm not, actually, I can't be bothered talking about COVID. How boring. But I see the old, I uh, saw so CNN came on the TV this morning. I see they're ramping up there. Is anyone scared of it anymore? I don't think so. I think the main reason for that is it's not scary. It's not scary if you don't have man tits and you're not 80. I think that's the thing. But it's the guys with the man tits who are, who are giving out the health advice at the moment. Dan Andrews, prime example. Um, you know, politics is a difficult scene, but... You just don't want a guy with a hunchback, poor posture and, and a beer belly telling you what to do, do you know? But I guess it's just uh, it's the nature of the game. It's what you got to do. We had our, our bank account stolen. and Not stolen, frozen, which is what I was trying to tell you just before. So Jesse's organized absolutely everything for this trip. 
all I had to do was apparently apparently ING, which is a bank I I usually love them, and I'm trying to get I. I there's a few things gone through my mind. I tried to delete our account yesterday and Jesse came into the phone call and go, what the hell are you doing? Regardless of what bank you with, this would have been a problem. You've got to check your emails. I said, oh, sweetie, please blame them. Let's team up on this. Let's not let these big corporations just take over our joy and, and steal our money and freeze our accounts. She goes, no, no, stop trying to put it on them. Just do the paperwork. When you get an email, open it. I go, okay, well, seems like a valid point. I can't really argue with that one. Apparently for the last nine months, ING have been sending me a, a letter saying, hey, we need these documents from you, otherwise we freeze your account. And it just so happened that I didn't see it for long enough that they actually froze our account. So I went to buy a banana in Ashland up here the other day for $1.50 and I went to pay for it on the card and it said we had insufficient funds. And I thought, hang on a second, we've been having fun, but I didn't think we'd been that reckless. <laughs> and after a little bit of research, we found out bank accounts are frozen. You can see how much is in there. You just can't spend it. So it's just like, what do you say? I was going to say it's like seeing a, seeing a stripper behind a glass window, but I feel like that's a fairly promiscuous image to draw when you could just say it's like seeing, uh, you know, a chocolate block stuck in a see-through case. It's like, okay, it's there, but you can't have it. Just don't let me see it. Just don't let me see. It would be much easier. But uh, so, so the last couple of weeks we've had to we've had to open up a tab with the in-laws, which is awkward because every time, you know, every time I want to go out for dinner, I got to call up Sammy. And go, mate, can you just um, you reckon you could just drop off another hundred for me? So we're riding that one up at the moment. We're trying to get it sorted. We had to photocopy the passport this morning and send it through to them um, and get like a person of notoriety, notoriety. Get a person of notoriety. I keep wanting to say like a notorious person, a person of notoriety. I was like, this is going to be so hard to find. How do we find a notorious, you know what I'm trying to say, notorious person? You can't. I was out there looking for Beyonce to sign my passport just to say it was legit. But um, it just so happened we just needed a lawyer. A lawyer was all we needed. One of the hardest things over here for, for Australians, you'll appreciate this, one of the hardest things to do in America is order a coffee because the coffee scene here is is so incredibly intense in comparison to what we do back in Australia. In Australia, you can get by on four coffees. You've got your latte, you've got your flat white, you've got your long back black, you've got your espresso shot. Perfect. Over here, they're chucking in cream, they're chucking in half and half, they're chucking in milk, they're chucking in cinnamon, there's spices, there's toppings. It's it's honestly an overwhelming situation to find yourself in just i get i this is true i get so nervous going to order any form of coffee the other day so in the morning my little boy and i will often go down to dutch bros and and just get a coffee to start the day not him he's too oh for a little while i was just getting him like warmed up milk so he felt like he was part of the party but i've honestly i think he's excited about the cup so i just give him the cup now with some water get him started with some hydration for the start of the day and i'll have my my coffee but when i was doing his order i would just say i just want some warmed up milk and this is the most American thing I've ever heard. I'd get my warmed up milk, but it was chocolate milk. And I said, hey, I just noticed this is a, a chocolate milk. They go, yeah, you said you wanted warmed up milk. I, go, I did want warmed up milk. I go, this is warmed up milk, but it's got chocolate. And she goes, that's right. I said, I don't want the chocolate in it. She goes, we can't take it out. I go, no, but you just have normal milk, like white milk? She goes, yeah. I go, am I able just to get that heated up? I just want that heated up. And she's like, okay, and just add the flavor after. I said, look, like this flavor thing that you keep talking about, See how you keep saying flavor? I don't want that. I just want the milk that's warm. Like imagine a cow that's been standing in the sun for too long. I just want that. Like if you could just give me that, that would be great. She's like, all right, so you just you just put the milk and no flavor. And it's, it, 
it's baffling to me. I'm not sure if it's something in the accent. I'm not sure if it's something in the order. But the truth is, they just they cannot give it to me without the chocolate milk in it. And so I'm too agreeable as well. I'm the kind of guy I don't want to just I don't load my kid up on sugar. I'm trying to make sure that what he eats is healthy. I don't want that refined sugar. Do you know what I mean? So this this chocolate milk, I'm not a real big fan of. But I'm also so agreeable that I don't want to upset the lady behind the desk. So she she went back and uh, I said, look, okay, I don't want the chocolate milk. I just want the white milk if I could. And she made the same mistake again. She said, look, this is this is less flavoursome. I go, what do you mean? She's like, it just doesn't have as much flavor in it. And I go, ah, perfect. It's exactly what I wanted. And rather, I had to make the decision. Like, what do I want? Do I want to be disagreeable? Or do I just want to give my kid chocolate milk and hope he doesn't like it? I went with option two because I was being a little bitch. He didn't like it. Thank God. Um, not that it's the end of the world. But there's just so many fat little kids over here. Like, there's so many fat little kids over here. That I saw a fat little kid yesterday drinking Dr. Pepper. And I just thought, you know what? You're living your best life, and you just don't realize that that's going to cause a heart attack in a couple of years. I saw a kid the other day, true story. Uh, also, and it wasn't Dr. Pepper. What was he drinking? He had he had soda water in his bottle. Uh, but when I say so, not soda water, soda. So it was like high sugar water. And he smiled at me. And you know those silver teeth like where it completely covers your whole tooth? He was rocking a couple of those bad boys. He looked like, uh, he looked like Kanye just got a new grill. It was that style of look, but it wasn't... It wasn't a healthy look. It wasn't a fashion statement. It was a suggestion that he'd made some really poor dietary decisions in his young life, and this was the only way to keep his teeth in his mouth. And so he smiled at me, and immediately I saw bling, but the truth was it was just a, it was an attempt to keep these teeth in the poor little fellow's mouth. Very strange experience. And there's a lot of that in the States. I think even more in the States than in Australia. There's a lot of there's just a lot of fat people in this part of town, which is fine. I've I've got no issue with fat people. It's just an observation. If you're overweight, it's not like I dislike you at all. It's fine. There's more of you to cuddle, is what I always say. I prefer not to share a bed with you because I like my space. But the truth is, it's it's usually a suggestion that there's more calories going in than are being burnt off. People hate it when you say that these days. But it's a fact. I don't know if people actually do. People really hate it when you say that these days, or is that just like the, is that just like the woke crew just getting in my head a little bit? I'm not sure. Also, I'm being a bit judgy because I've just been watching documentaries on Novak Djokovic and on Kelly Slater. If you haven't seen this yet, you've got to go and watch the Lost Tapes by Kelly Slater on YouTube. I think it's an 11 part series, 20 minute videos each, super high quality. The guy's my hero. I love him. If I had to kiss one man on the lips, I'd, I'd kiss, I kissed my brother-in-law on the lips yesterday just to say hello. I thought I'd just sucker punch him, give him a little trick, cuddle. He went up. Usually we give each other a cuddle. That's quite feminine the way we do it. We'll give each other a cuddle, a pat on the back. Yesterday, we went in for a cuddle, and rather than put my head next to his head, I just kissed him straight on the lips. i never seen a look of frustration in a man's eyes so quickly. He said, oh, you've, you've sucker punched me there. I was trying to get tongue and all, but... I gotta be careful. I just had a coffee. It was probably a little disrespectful, but I mean, I love the guy. I'm not gonna see him till Christmas. Let a man kiss his brother-in-law is what I've always said. Kiss your sister. Just let me kiss you. You look like her with a beard. It should be fine. That's why it's so confusing. Chuck a wig on. Shave yourself. I'll take you on a date. You look just like my wife. <laughs> they do look very similar. It's quite confusing. It's not confusing in the sense that I've I've ever woken up in the bed next to him. What what was so funny was a couple of years ago, last time we caught up in Victoria, we went to an Airbnb and uh, my wife got into bed. Me and Sammy played this game. I don't know why we did because it bordered on the line of incest, but 
uh, I told Sammy to, to just go into bed, lay next to Jessie, and just be Little Spoon and see what she does. And so he did. And uh, no, that's what it was. I was laying in the bed next to Jessie. I said, babe, I've got to go to the toilet. And Sammy was under the bed. And as I went out to the toilet, he gradually got out of the bed. Then I came back in. I opened the door and I shut it so it sounded like I was back in the room. In that time, he got out from under the bed and just laid back in the bed next to Jessie. So she thought I'd just gone out to the toilet and come back. But we'd done a little switcheroo. And 30 seconds later, I heard Sammy squeal because apparently uh, apparently Jessie started kissing his back, which is, which is like nice if you're me. But considering it's your brother, that's not what you want to go to sleep. Like, good luck having a restful sleep after your sister started kissing the middle of your back. Do you know what I mean? Apparently, it was quite flirtatious kissing as well. Apparently, I was half a chance of getting a little bit of action. We turned the lights on and, man, the look on their faces. It was it was incredible. But every now and then, you got to chuck a brother in the bed with, uh, with his sister and pretend it's you just for the laughs because we still laugh about that now. As I've always said... If you put a brother in a bed with a sister, it will be very, very funny, is what the quote is. And it was very funny. But this Kelly Slater documentary, man, he's so good. He's 50 years old. And I think what I love about him, he's so into health. He looks good. He's got his eyes are ridiculous. For a bald man, incredibly handsome. Incredibly handsome. Like back in the day, I think when he was 15, he started, he was pretty famous as a surfer. Then when he was about 22, man, the guy was a guy. He was just glorious to look at. I still find him glorious to look at. But you often look at a bloke at that talent and you just assume that, oh, like they're just they're just naturally gifted, which they are. But the amount of work that actually goes into him being able to perform at that level is the thing that's blown my mind. So I'm watching this documentary, seeing what goes into it. See, you've got to be a strong man because he went to Brazil for one of the surfing contests. The amount of beautiful women just... All over him at this beach is it's it's quite preposterous, really preposterous in its entirety, as my uncle Phil used to say. And uh, I don't know, it, he's a strong man. He's a strong man, is what I'm saying, and he's still surfing incredibly well. And then Novak Djokovic, same kind of thing. It, it fascinated by his diet, fascinated by his strength work. Any man who can do the splits, I've I've got time for. And Novak Djokovic does the splits, no worries. He's just won Wimbledon, obviously. Nick Kyrgios, runner up. Um, yeah, these guys are just on another level. I watched that Kelly Slater documentary a couple of weeks ago before we came here. It was 11 o'clock at night. I closed my computer and thought, I have to do a, I have to do a session of Pilates, which I did. So I busted out a session of Pilates and um, and just pointed the finger at Kelly Slater, the good finger, as if to say, hey, thank you very much for the, for the work. I like the idea of being like an older guy who's ripped. I saw a photo on Instagram the other day. It was like an 80-year-old. I don't know where he was from. He looked maybe... Um, like maybe Cambodian. He looked Asian. He looked Asian, really. 83, I think he was, and the dude was ripped. I remember my pa, he passed away at, I think he was 83, but from about 78, he was just skin and bone. There wasn't much there. He was losing his mind. He was in no shape. He wouldn't have been able to do a push-up, and he didn't need to do a push-up. He didn't have to do a push-up. He had a wife to serve him with everything. Uh, he didn't have to leave the couch. He just watched the news, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Gave his thoughts on it. Gradually, the thoughts on the news declined as he deteriorated. But I thought, man, like, what would you rather be, an 83-year-old guy with a six-pack and pecs and a good mind? Or, you know, just a lovely old man who sits on the couch and watches TV all day? I can hear a lot of you saying 60-year-old, uh, you know, the man who, who sits on the couch all day. And to be honest, it doesn't sound that bad either. I guess it just depends what's on TV. And with Disney Plus and Hulu and Netflix and Stan and... 
um, you know, 7 Plus and whatever else is coming out these days. There's plenty of options for us to be entertained by. So maybe it would be a good option. Maybe it would be a good option. It's been stressful watching the old Netflix uh, Netflix stock plummet because it it must just be so frustrating. Remember a couple of years ago when they were just the they were the only they were the only platform in the scene. If you didn't have Netflix, you were just a pussy. And so they dominated the market like they were absolutely just dominating them, reinvesting and bringing out all these new shows. And then all of a sudden, like Stan popped up, but no one really took it seriously. And now, I don't know, there must be, do you reckon there'd be at least 20 different streaming platforms? Surely there'd be, you've got Binge as well, Binge is good. Even the Airbnb that we're staying at now, it doesn't just say, hey, we've got Netflix. That gives us five different options. They've got Netflix, they've got YouTube, they've got Hulu, they've got, and they're all the premium versions. Like, these guys are doing it in style. I think if you if you were running an Airbnb, you want to run it like the people that were uh, we're staying at's house now. Does that make sense? If you're going to do an Airbnb, do it like the people who run this house. Everything that you want is is there. Because I was coming around going, I hope I've got Wi-Fi, best Wi-Fi. I hope they've got Netflix. They got Netflix and and the other ones. I hope it's clean. I hope it's comfortable. Bang bang tick tick. I reckon my wife would be good at this as well. I want to get an Airstream and, and, and use that as an Airbnb. Have you seen those Airstreams? They're like a big silver caravan. They're quite popular over in the States. I've seen a lot of these Airstreams going around. They're, apparently, it's made out of the same stuff that like an aeroplane is made out of. I'm not sure if it's put together in the same way. Like it doesn't have wings. It's just like the body. But it looks fantastic, like this obnoxious silver, but it's glorious, like a chrome. It looks light and efficient. and just. I want to get one and use it as a podcast studio and an office and... You know, a dog house. Google it if you haven't seen one before. They they look fantastic, but um, that'd be a nice way to do it. My wife, she'd be good at doing like a an Airbnb. I'm not great with details, so I would tell people they could come and then forget to sign them in, and I wouldn't have food here for them, wouldn't make the bed for them. The other thing I like about these guys, they go, hey, you can clean it all up yourself, or leave a hundred bucks on the bench when you leave. We'll do it for you. And I thought, hey. Like my wife, a hundred percent, she'll she'll clean it herself because she's she's good with money. But in my mind, I go hundred bucks, hundred bucks to clean the whole house. Sign me up, because I'll I'll also go a bit harder in making the mess. If you knew you only had to pay a hundred bucks and they would clean up the mess, hey, I'm in. But anyway, we're here till Wednesday today. Here till tomorrow. Back at the in-laws until Friday. And then, hey, we've only got a week and a half to we're, to we're back in grand old Melbourne. So looking forward to getting back there. Looking back to, I'm looking forward to bringing a little bit of summer tan back to you guys. I hope you notice it. I hope I get back there and you guys compliment me on my golden rig. Not that I'll get a chance to bring it out. I spoke to a mate yesterday. I go, what what temperature? He goes, four. So that's not what we want. It's weird how people get arrogant about temperatures as well, don't you think? Like you come over here, you're like, oh, I just can't handle this heat. It's so nice. Who cares? It's going to be summer there soon. Never really understood that. Anyway. That's about it. That's about all that's going on my way this week. I, I hope you guys are all doing really well. hope everyone in your family's going well. I hope your mum's feeling better if she was sick. Hope your dad's, uh, hope your dad's shed clean. My goal for your family is that you win Tats Lotto this week. That's my goal. Hope your, your mum's cooking skills get better. Hope your health improves. Hope you're doing well. Hope your goals are clear. <laughs> your plans are set. Anyway, thanks for stopping by again, guys. Appreciate it. It's good to good to talk with you. Hey, I'm I'm starting up a phone line on this thing soon. So as soon as I do, I'm gonna 
I'm going to figure out how you guys can call and ask questions. I'm going to I'm going to answer them live on the podcast. That's where the Pop Culture Podcast is going. Dr. Phil meets Pop Culture. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being here. I'll see you all next week.